0: Welcome back. Today, we are joined by Rebecca Lee from How the Fuck Did You Podcast. We are talking all about judgments. Oh, we have all had them. We have judgments on ourselves. We have judgments on other. God knows about judgments with social media. We are talking about how to leave that judgment behind, how we can face judgment from ourselves or from others and filtering out doubt and growing your confidence. In this episode, we are also talking about how failing can really allow you maybe to not care as much, how definitely it is not so picture perfect. Of course, we talk about judgment with social media. And one of the interesting things from this episode is we really talk about how you can learn from comedy artists and the art form of improv and how you can apply that to your daily life. That being said, let's dive in to Facing Judgment. Welcome to Confessions of a Wanna Be It Girl. I'm your host, Marley Fragging, and I'm here to help you filter out all the bullshit and become the next It Girl. This podcast explores the reality of what it really takes to make it out there. As it turns out, it is way less Instagrammable than I thought it was going to be. I'm still very much a work in progress, but there's simply nothing else I'd rather be doing than chasing my dreams. So let's learn from my mistakes and work together to achieve our dreams with more confidence, clarity, and direction. Let's get after it. Welcome, Rebecca. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank so you. you do a shit ton in a creative entrepreneur career. You have a podcast called How the Fuck Did You? You produced and starred in your film, A, that went on to the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Not a small feat at all. You perform every Monday in the holy shit improv show. And you're a working actor. You've been in Show Like Crazy's ex-girlfriend and many, many more. So you're an actor, a producer, a comedian, a filmmaker. It's, and an too, much. it's, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much.
1: But yeah, I do a lot of shit. I have no. a crazy brain that has to like do creative things or I'm a maniac person and you don't want to be around me. So it's a good thing that I have all of these outlets.
0: We love that you have all of these outfits, outlets and outfits. And outfits. Don't and forget outfits. it. <laughs> but it's fair to say you're doing a shit ton. And when you are in these spaces where you put yourself out creatively, we can face a lot of judgment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when you were starting out, did you think or maybe you still do have some thoughts about it? Were you ever someone who felt fear of judgment? Yes, yeah,
1: totally. One thousand percent. And I think that comes from growing up in an environment where I was told like I can't where being an artist or being an actor or anything in entertainment is not a career path where you that you can succeed in. You know, like you're not gonna succeed in this. It's really hard. You're not gonna make any money. You shouldn't do this. And so I think that's originally where I was like, where a lot of my doubt and not having confidence came from was just being told, like, you're never gonna be able to do this or some version of that. But I think you get to a certain point where you're like, oh, I actually have to do this. Like if I don't do this, I'm a very unhappy, unpleasant psychopath, at least in my case. So yeah. And then I think I think just like with time, the more you do things, the more you grow your network, the more confidence you build. And I think for me, I started being curious about confidence. I guess it was the end of 2019, beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. And I'm in the comedy space. So I saw a lot of my friends and peers just exude confidence, whether it was on stage or off stage or so confident. And I wasn't. And I was like, well, what the fuck, man? How do you how do I be like you guys? So I started asking like my confident friends to grab coffee with me just so I could like pick their brain. Like, I was having great conversations, but then the pandemic happened and we got locked down. So I couldn't do that anymore. And that's when I got the idea for my podcast because I was like, Oh, you know what? These are really good conversations and I'm benefiting a lot. I'm sure other people would too. So I started... Season one was how the fuck did you get so confident? And it's all about... Different people, whether it's artists, actors, I started just talking to random people that I like met on TikTok. Like, I I interviewed this woman, Judea Kirsch, who's the first Black rodeo queen of Arkansas. We had a conversation about confidence with her. I interviewed this woman, Clarissa Rankin. She's a truck driver. And obviously, that's a very male dominated field. So we had a lot to talk about in terms of like confidence and self doubt and all of that shit. And so I think like, doing a new skill, which was like learning how to do a podcast, like just learning a new skill in and of itself helps you build confidence and like negate that self-doubt or that like negative self-talk. But then also talking to people about mental health stuff. It was a great combination to help me at least just be like, fucking whatever, man. None of it matters really anyway. You might as well do what you want to do, you know?
0: Right. So for you, was it like the calling that pushed over the fear? Well, it was really like doing everything
1: else first. Cause like I Ooh. went to college and I got a business degree. I have a bachelor's in business and I graduated in three years. Cause I was like, I fucking hate this. And like, that should have been a sign that I shouldn't go down that path. But I was like, oh, I'll just like get it and like appease my parents or whatever. And I'll get the degree. And then I got like a desk job for a hot minute. And I had a full on panic attack, like crying, like blacked out, couldn't see. And I was like, I can't do this. So it was really just like trying everything else first. And then being like, just, I kept coming back to like, just the arts and acting and writing and just anything in the creative world. And I was like, I guess I gotta, I gotta do this. I have to do this. And I think it also takes some like naivete and honestly, like stupidity on my part, because it's yep. like, to actually think you can like do it. It's like, you gotta be kind of stupid. It's like the stupid people who like keep going despite everything else are the people who like end up successful or quote unquote successful i think there are very different ways we can define success but is the people who just didn't stop
0: i love that cuz i i think ignorance is bliss does a yes. lot here yes. like does a lot in entertainment does a lot i mean honestly i think in just other places like acting as if we can really just like level you up in your career so
1: Totally. 1000%. And I think also it's like, this is like going to get... We're going to get deep, dark fast. But you know what? We're here. We're doing it. I had a friend in 2020. He was killed in a motorcycle hit and run accident. He was on a motorcycle. Someone hit him and drove away. And he was 28. He was very, very young. And he was one of those people who, like, you would never imagine them dying. He was just one of those effervescent, bubbly, wonderful, talented, hardworking... Person, and it's just like I hadn't experienced death like that before. I mean, I'm I'm lucky enough that I hadn't before then, and I definitely hadn't experienced a young death because it's backwards. It's like, no, wait, you're supposed to grow old. You're you're not supposed to die at this age. This doesn't make any sense. And that really, really affected me. And I eventually came to terms with the fact that, like, oh my god. We're all gonna die. This sounds really morbid, but this is like truly how I feel. We don't know when we're gonna die. We're not in control of it. And so it's like, I guess I just gotta do what I want to do because you don't fucking know. You don't know when your last day is gonna be. And it's also like, I think it is like a Brene Brown not to be like trite or cliche and bring up bring up Brene Brown. But she has some good points. There's something that she says about like, how she doesn't consider other people's opinions if they're not like in the ring doing the same thing and like being vulnerable in the same way. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's totally true. Like if I'm making something, if I'm creating like a video or a film or a play or whatever, and you're critiquing it and you're not also doing those things, like I'm not really not interested in your opinion because you don't know... The hard work that it takes or the years of training that goes into it. So I kind of try to remember the source and who mm-hmm. is telling me this critique, but like the judgment itself, like who's saying the judgment? Who is that coming from? And sort of during that. So it doesn't affect me as much. If it's like my peer, like if it's like you giving me a critique, who's like also an actor, also does podcast, like who's in my world, then I would consider it. But if it's just Mm -hmm. some fucking idiot on the internet, who's like in his mom's basement, it's definitely a dude. It's always a dude being like, I don't like this. Then it's like, what are you fucking
0: doing, man? (laughs) And even then it's like, yes, you can be in the same field. You know, I respect you. You're an actor, you're a podcaster, comedian. And like, even so, like I can hear it and receive it. But like, I don't have to change every ounce of my identity as an artist because of your feedback. Have you always been like that? Or did you? No, used not at to? Okay. all. No. Okay. Not at so all. you used to like
1: hear something and be like, oh, they want it. They, this person said it should be like this. I'm going to change it so that it's like that. Yeah. Oh. I was like that too.
0: Yeah. I don't know what, what that is. I think it's like the idea of like, if somebody is giving you unsolicited or solicited advice that you feel like you should be grateful and feel like you need to take it and you need to do it. And I will still start the process of receiving that advice and like actively do it. And I have to be like, stop. No, like you don't have to. It's
1: hard, especially when like you're in the arts or there isn't like a right or wrong way. You know, it's not like Mm -hmm. a job that requires like a lot of math where it's like, no, two plus two is four. Like we all agreed on that. This is like so subjective. Right. to where like there is no quote unquote right way or wrong way. But yeah, I get that when you get feedback or whatever, feeling like you have to incorporate it and it's easy to just go like, okay, I'll do whatever you say. But I think like the older I get and the more situations I've been in and just like the more experience I've had in this career, the more I see like, you don't always, this other person doesn't always know. So it's just like, take what
0: works for you and like leave the rest. So when you get Criticism of like your work. What does it feel like for you? How do you kind of get into? Like, you're in such a good fuck it mentality about it. Like, how did you get there?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on what type of feedback it is. So, I do a lot of live shows, and it's mostly improv. So, for people who are listening, and don't know what improv is, you usually get a suggestion, and you do a show on the spot based on that suggestion. There's no rehearsing; you just make it all up as you go, and I think failing a lot in that arena, like really l- helped me get over it. Right. Cause it's like, there's nothing like failing in front of a live audience because like that's instant feedback. If people are laughing, like they like it. If they're not laughing, they don't like, you know, immediately who's on board and who's not. And it's a craft and it's a skill and it takes a long time to get like decent or good at it. And so I think like, honestly, failing is the thing that like, has helped me get a fuck it mentality. It's like the successes have not been as helpful as the failings, because that's where you learn and you grow. I really think the growth is in the failure is when like, that's just how it is as a comedian, whether you do stand up or improv or whatever, it takes a long time to develop, not even being good, but like your point of view on the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and developing jokes based on that. Um,
0: so I, I have a question, and I think this might relate most to like stand-up comedy ish, yeah, 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 or like improv vibes. You're like on stage, and it's just you're bombing, which means you're doing horribly if you don't know. And do you take any of that home with you? How do you kind of like oh, yeah. leave it on? The, okay, what I you used with to, that? I okay. used to,
1: I don't anymore because I've done it so many times at this point mm. where like it doesn't bother me anymore. I guess that's another thing is just like you kind of develop a fucking mentality the more you do the thing. Cause it's like, if it happens so many times, you're just kind of like used to it, you know? Mm. So it doesn't bother you as much as like the first time you fail, you're like, Oh my God, I'm awful. I shouldn't do this. Like I, am I'm not funny, but it's just, that's not true. You are funny. Like it's, it has a lot to do with like the room, how many people are in there, who's there, what night of the week it's on. How's the weather? Is it raining? Like, there's probably not a lot of people at the show. There's so many other factors. But yeah, I mean, bombing used to definitely affect me. And I used to go home and be like that exact thing. I used to like question like, should I be doing this? Am I even funny? Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting like back then? Like I was still doing classes too. I'm like, am I wasting money on classes? Like, am I ever going to make money on this skill? And it's, uh, it's not great. I think comedians especially have it hard because like, I feel like a lot of us, I don't want to speak for everybody, but like, we don't have the best upbringings, which is kind of why we went into comedy in the first Mm -hmm. place. Because it's like, that was always the thing that made people like, like us was the fact that we could make them laugh. And if we're not laughing, we're crying type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard. I'm trying to think of like how I dealt with it in real time. And it was pretty much like just a lot of crying and being like, what am I doing? And feeling all the things because I I don't think it's healthy either to ignore those feelings, you know. So I think letting myself feel those feelings and doing what feels good to me in those moments. It's hard in those moments to know that everything's going to be okay and that it was just one show. And I think, again, you just got to do it again because like chances are the next show you're going to do great. There's so many like highs and lows in this career, which is like one of the hard things about it is learning how to... Kind of like never be the middle. At least that's how I feel. It's like either you're way up here or way down here, and like when it rains, it pours type of thing. Is that like how you feel
0: in this? Yeah, it's just been like a little bit of a a pour fest, if you will. At the same time, like it's okay. I already know I'm supposed to be doing this. I can't really do anything else on some (laughs) level. Be so unsatisfied, but I do come back sometimes to the judgment. I'm always like, oh my god, do. other people think I'm ridiculous that I'm still doing this and I've only gotten this far and mm. blah, blah, blah. Like that actually really... I go through really strong ebbs and flows. I don't want to act like I have it all the time because I definitely don't.
1: Or like the other people that you're referring to, is it like people in the industry or like people back home? Or like who are those people that you're imagining?
0: I don't know. If I Maybe both, but like maybe sometimes people in the industry, or maybe sometimes like people just, I know, you know, I went to a college where like a lot of, particularly the girls really blew up in acting, which is amazing. I am really, it's really cool to see, but like, sometimes you're kind of like, should I Mm, move? Yeah. You know, it's definitely like the judgment of thinking, you know, other people you may know, see this person doing this and you're supposed to be doing the same thing, but you're not in the same place at all. That like, fear of that judgment on me still honestly really affects me, even though not all the time.
1: Yeah, I relate to that too. I don't remember who said this quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something like comparison is like the death of creativity or something. And I I think there's like, I think that's so true. And there's something to it. That doesn't mean that like we can snap our fingers and not compare ourselves to other people because that's just like the nature of being human. But I do think like the more we can Feel those feelings and then take a step back from them and like look at it from a more aerial perspective and be like, okay, well, maybe that person is on a TV show or whatever, but like I have a podcast. They don't have a podcast or like I, whatever the thing is. It's like you also don't know like how their experience on that show or we don't know. And especially if we're comparing ourselves based on social media, no one's fucking posting the bad shit of their Mm. life on social media. They're only posting the good shit. So it's like you can't even. Trust that as a source, you know, like, I don't know, at least I feel like most people don't post bad shit on their social media. It's only the good shit.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's recently become a light trend of people will post themselves crying and but it's like always in relationship to like, I cried and then here was the successful thing like it's kind of next to it. And it's like, Which, like, I understand, like, we're trying to show a little bit more a realistic thing. But at the end of the day, that's still a very curated... Yes. Any form of media, except for, honestly, maybe improv, is pretty curated. Like, it all comes down to there is some kind of plan. And so it's just, it's impossible to think that photo of XYZ actor and then their deadline article next to it is... The whole story, right? That's that's planned. Yeah, they upload, or or if they have a publicist, I don't know. Yeah, this picture with that picture to tell a story, which is great. That's how media works, but like the messages are still there's a lot of space in between.
1: To me, it feels like really inauthentic a lot of the time because it we do curate it so much, and I don't know a way to not do that. Like, how do you make social media authentic to your voice and like? reality and not so curated it does that
0: exist i think on some level it doesn't exist yeah personally i think on some level it doesn't exist at all but i do think you can find a voice in the platform that is you however like for instance i'll use the podcast as an example when i post for the podcast it's very girly it's Chaotic. It should be. I'm doing a million different things. It's the trumps and the failures, except for I don't really share that many triumphs and failures at all. I maybe should more. It's pretty girly. It's pretty LA. Like that's like the funnel I'm using to talk to. I feel like I'm talking to other ambitious women. Mm. When I use my personal, now it's much more. I'm trying to use acting on it. So I try to sprinkle in here's what I look like in real life. These are the things I do. You know, if you want to cast a Coachella commercial, I'd probably be perfect for it. But then here's my headshot and here's a self-tape. That's how I've started to see that. That's not always been the case. That feels like very business savvy. Yeah, because I think at some point in the artist place, they're a calling card.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you're totally right. That's why it's like I need to. I think I made the mistake of making my Instagram too personal Mm. and I've regret a lot of that like i won't i will not be posting like my relationship stuff anymore i very much regret doing because i like brought people into this world and i'll just use my personal life for example like i got a divorce and i think it like shocked a lot of the people who followed me on social media because they're like but you got everything looks so perfect and it's like yeah no shit it's that's what social media is like right but it was so like and this is i guess a part of being judged too is like that was a big part of like deciding whether or not to like stay in my marriage because it was like well what are other people gonna think which is obviously no reason to stay in a relationship or a marriage but it's like when you roll in the same circle and when everybody has seen your wedding photos online there's a whole nother level of pressure so i think that was a big learning experience too when it comes to judgment is like be mindful of like what content you're putting out there. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like I don't that's not a place I want to get judged on. I don't I know that it, that social media is inherently going to come with judgment from others. I'm fine if you're going to judge like my career moves, but my personal life is where I don't want judgments. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to put that on there anymore. I think if I were to do it again, I would make like a private Instagram and then mm-hmm. like have a public one that's dedicated to career stuff. I just have I'm sitting in a weird spot where I don't really know how I feel about social media. Do you know what the thing that holds you back from it is? That holds me back from like, what I don't know, just
0: diving into social media.
1: Yeah, because I feel, yes. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is a judgment thing. It's like, why do people care what I think about this topic? I'm not a guru on it. I, why do they care what I'm doing,
0: if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, I don't
1: know how to get past that.
0: Like, they don't fucking care. Well, and that's the weird thing about caring about judgment on social media is like there's a little element of like, you have to be you and be the person and like vulnerable content will do well. And like wedding photos will do well. And like, you know, posts about really extreme vulnerability will do well. But like, yes, you're going to be faced with judgment online. But at the same time, like if you're too in the middle and like sometimes don't have like a polarizing opinion Mm. that doesn't do well either because like I feel like societally we're just so focused on being in a polarizing place
1: yeah social media isn't real like it's not we there are some real moments on there but like you said it's a lot of curated things accepting it for what it is and being like, okay, well, if I want to be genuinely authentic, it's got to be in a different space. I can still do that. I don't know that it's going to be on social media. Do you like posting about your personal life on social media?
0: Yes, no. I mean, I like, you know, don't post like the most deepest, darkest secrets about, but like, I think the podcast has been really liberating in that way. And I've like really started to see how people do live in that way because of posting For the podcast, but it's still, it's like a very funneled version of me, even though the brand is still somewhat like authentic, if you will. That's not me all the time. I feel like I'm
1: the most, honestly, in all the public spaces that I'm in, the most authentic version of me is on my podcast. Like, Mm. I feel very comfortable sharing personal things. I wonder why I feel personal sharing it there, but not on social media. I had a really hard time just going into comedy at all because like I am like a trained actor. Am I looking like a thespian actor trained in New York city? Like very poo-pooed comedy for a while. Cause I was, now I do theater like stupid stuck up shit like that. And when I started being in the space more, all I saw was there wasn't a lot of women. There were a lot of men and the women that were there. And I don't blame them at all for this. I really blame the environment that was created, but felt like they needed to be quirky overall wearing non-threatening non-makeup wearing don't look cute type of people to be welcomed into that space and i know that because i've talked to women who were like i loved wearing makeup and looking cute to perform i was told not to do that i was told to dress down to not wear makeup and it's like that was a huge turnoff because it's you should be able to be wear whatever you want put whatever makeup you want on do that opinion. You want. and like it, that should not dictate whether you're welcome on a comedy stage or not. So I had a really hard time continuing to, to be in comedy when I saw that happening, but eventually, and I think it really came with like, also like the death of a friend, 2020 isolation, that the ending of my marriage, like all of those things combined, really made me stronger and and develop that fucking mentality. Because it's like, oh, I did everything, quote unquote, right. And it still went to shit. And so I think that's something like to remember, too, is like, even you could even have like a I talked to somebody who had like a normal job, like a normal nine to five job who had like a stable paycheck and like fucking retirement and all that shit. And they got fired out of nowhere. So it's like you could lose it all either way. Mm-hmm. So it, you might as well lose it all doing the thing that you enjoy doing. So I, I that goes hand in hand with like the failure thing. I think that that really helps you understand what means something to you and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, I keep coming back to the idea. It's like, well, it's like if this is so morbid, but like the end, mm-hmm. like I'm going to really have wasted so much time not doing the thing or not still going after the thing because the thing that pushed me away was like the judgment
1: and the truth is like people are going to judge you either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even if you're like the most successful, cause like I have like super successful friends and I'm sure you do too. And they get judged all the time. So it's like even the most successful, creative, wonderful, talented, beautiful people get judged. So there's no, you
0: really can't avoid it. You have to learn to work kind of with it. Do you think yeah. you learn to work with it at all?
1: I think I've learned to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because I I do really think that that makes life a little bit easier. And like, I'm a very like nihilistic, morbid person. So it's hard to get me to be like super positive about anything. But I do feel like it has made life easier because and, and, and honestly, it started with improv. Like you have to know how to be uncomfortable or how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable because you're never going to know what to say. You're always going to be on the spot. You play with people that you don't know a lot of the times. It's like, I'm just meeting someone and now I have to like make up funny shit with them for an audience. It's like, Mm -hmm. you're going to be uncomfortable. So learning to like just the vision that I got just now was like, move like with the waves kind of instead of against them. Mm -hmm. But that's easier said than done. It takes like a lot of practice and a lot of therapy. I mean, I'm, I've am i been in therapy for a long time. And I think that that has been super helpful in me developing this like, fuck it mentality. Are you I in therapy? It. I can't remember. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's what oh, I thought. Yeah. You've been in
0: therapy for a long time. Yeah, for a hot minute too. Yeah, okay. A big fan of therapy. How do you think what you just described about improv could apply just to somebody's daily life? Ooh, that's a really good question. It's so
1: It's so hard for me to like, think of someone's daily life because my daily life yeah, is so right. different than other people's. I guess it depends on like what the person's doing on the daily.
0: I'll give you a situation. Yes. How about that? I love this. Yes. Spetting. Okay. Okay. Great. You work at a marketing agency. Sure. Great. And you come up with an idea that for this ad and you, your boss one thinks it's amazing and boss two hates it. How do you handle it? Do you like it? Well, yeah, it's your fucking idea.
1: Well, sometimes you do something because you have oh. to do it and like to do it a certain way and you don't like the thing that you did or you're unsure of whether you like it or not. If that's you fair. like it, I think it's really about like digging deep and going like sitting with yourself. And a lot of people don't even want to sit with themselves. It's hard and confronting. I think that's why meditation's hard for a lot of people. You're really confronted with your thoughts. But I think you really have to sit with yourself and your feelings and go do i like this thing because if i like it then fuck what everybody else thinks i think a wrench is thrown into the equation when your income's on the line and i think that that's really hard because i can say like oh if you like it it doesn't matter all day but if you're if you need to convince your boss to like a thing or you don't get paid or whatever version of like i don't know you don't get commission or that's different cuz you have to like appease that person which is why like i guess that's why i like have never liked having a boss because it's really hard for me to be like oh you want it done that way even though that way is like boring and stupid like okay i guess i'll do it that way
0: right but you won't let his his or her judgment in which is so interesting because i think
1: other people like sometimes will. I think you have to sometimes if you want to like move up in your company or if you want to get promoted or if you want to keep your job, you have to learn to go, okay, well, they want it this way. I think it should be done this way. But in order to get paid, I need to do it more their way. I think it's just keeping it all into perspective. I think that's like the biggest thing. Because like as an artist, I think you it doesn't matter what other people think you can make whatever you want. And like someone will like it. Like a lot of people might, might not, but someone will. But if like
0: it's your boss, I feel like that's like different. It's hard. Right. That's hard. I have another scenario. So we're talking about being uncomfortable, yeah, from improv. So you you're at the, a job. You're up for a promotion, and your favorite coworker, who is strictly a coworker relationship, but your favorite one is also up for the job. How do you deal with the uncomfortableness of this situation?
1: I mean, I think if you're both professionals, it shouldn't be like that uncomfortable. I mean, I I guess I don't want to be like, don't feel that way. So you're saying someone would feel uncomfortable because they're like, oh, but you're, I really like you. And like, we're both deserving of Mm -hmm. the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not even really up to you at that point. It's about, it's up to the boss's thing. I think like being real about it and not like flirting with the topic. I think people appreciate just like being direct, like Mm -hmm. being like, listen, I like you so much we're both up for this thing. If you get it, I'm going to be so happy. Like I'll be a little bummed because like I would love the extra money. But if it's not me, I want it to be you. And like, I just want to let you know that saying how you feel, which is also an improv tip. It's like if you see something happen, like call it out. Like a lot of times in improv, not a lot of times, but like someone, there'll be a fuck up where like, let's say this is a very simple example. But let's say you named a character Chris at the beginning of the scene and someone called that person who who has already been named Chris Kevin or something. And like everybody heard it, like the audience heard it. You mm-hmm. miscalled them the, instead of glossing over it, like use that quote unquote mistake in your scene because it oftentimes will bring about something really funny and like another like little side pattern that you can play. So I think it's about not glossing over the things and instead like calling it out and being direct
0: about it. And I think people appreciate that. No, I think that's like very mature, but also it's acknowledging it seems very intelligent. Like, we teach playing to the top of your
1: intelligence because it's like your audience isn't stupid. I mean, sometimes your audience is stupid. We all heard the thing. We all heard the fuck up. So if you just gloss over it, like, one, it's a missed opportunity for like a fun moment. But two, the audience is going to just be like, we just heard them say the wrong thing. It's going to cross their mind. I think, yeah, just calling it out. And like, I don't know, do you appreciate someone? And everybody's different. I think like you have to be able to also like read the room, right? As an actor and as like a podcaster, you're probably very good at this about one person may prefer something like very direct and another person may prefer it with more flowery language. And I think like Mm. being able to determine what person wants what is really helpful in learning to be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable because it's not like you are being fake about it. You're just like, oh, everybody's different. We all receive information differently. We all communicate differently. I can give them the same information, but go about it with like a different tone.
0: I think there's such a beauty in that, but there is a little bit of a curse in that too, because I've been on the curse end of that, especially when I'm scared of people's strong voice, opinion or judgment. I will curve too far to Mm. their comfort style that I won't say what I mean, which is not good either. (laughs) Let's say I'm talking to somebody who has a really strong opinions and judgments, or I've made up in my head that they have really strong opinions or judgment, or I just see they're harsh. I will sometimes tailor my approach way too far to like cater to them, which is not a good skill. Yeah. Okay. So, like, level, when yeah. you
1: send an email, you would put like extra exclamation points or sure, something, something like that's that. a very like simple way of yeah something I that, like,
0: to that. I've started that. to re like learn that behavior or unlearn it. You have to still say what you mean, but yes, you can tailor things to be said to a person.
1: Has that been in those moments and I don't know if you've had like a lot of them or not a lot of them but like when you tailor your words to that harsh direct person has
0: that played into your favor or not like like do you get the outcome yes that you want no. okay yes yes and no and it 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 really does all come back to my fear of judgment like yes sometimes i will get the thing i want but i usually stepped on like my own personal respect my own personal mm. respect to get it. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, and on some level, I used to think it was like manipulation, even I was like, Oh, I'm like manipulating them to get what I want. And so it doesn't matter. And it's like, mm, that's not a healthy thought. And we're a middle of this, like, I can speak to you the way you want to be spoken to and still say what I want to say in the way I want to say it. And yeah, you receive it.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like we're all responsible for our own feelings and our own actions. I guess there's like a a way to say it to get things done. But also it's like if you offend somebody or anything in that world, if I mean, this is pretty harsh, but it's like partially on them. If it's not something if not. I'm not saying if you're like, fuck you, you suck, like then like you're an asshole, obviously. But if it's just like the tone or the way you say things, that's on them.
0: And that's the thing too about judgments is judgments are usually on them too. Like what they say pointing out or don't like about you. Not always, but I think often, you know, it's become prevalent that we talk about this as an example. It's saying more about what they're insecure about than what yeah. you're insecure about. And I do find it to be true. I also don't, always think it's true. I've talked to a handful of people on my podcast about like people pleasing stuff
1: and someone it really well. And they were like, okay, when I people please, why am I doing this? Like, am I do- doing it to get what I want or am I doing it because i genuinely want to help this person's life? Mm-hmm. And she was like, a lot of the time I was doing it for myself. Like, it's like, oh, can I, uh, this is a stupid example, but like, take you to the airport or something like that's not in- inherently people pleasing, but if like, are you doing it because you want something in return later or are you doing because you genuinely want to help someone get to the airport? And so I think that's a very interesting way to go about. Like if you feel like you're people pleasing going like, well, why am I doing this? Like what's right. the motive behind it? Cause I think that'll be really telling on how like you can move through the world moving, moving forward.
0: Yeah. All these things like judgment, people, pleasing, operating like it feels like it's so up above our heads, but it's like right in front of your face all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's how you choose to hear other people speak about yourself, how you speak about yourself or what you think other people speak and then how you operate all innately comes down to like, well, what can you deal with at the end of the day with yourself? Yeah,
1: truly. It's like, what can you live with? What is easiest for you to live with? And I feel like, I've never really had a hard time with people pleasing. I'm like the opposite where I can be too direct and like too, but like I could use some like flowery language sometimes. And that's kind of what I've had to deal with is like learning like for lack of a better word, like how to not be such a bitch all the time. It's not like I try to be, I try to be direct because I feel like I can't get misconstrued, but that has bitten me in the ass too, because people are like, okay, chill out.
0: Like be like, you're a little nicer about it. Like, I know many right? elements spinning there. There's just so many. Like, what in your life has you have you felt like has changed to allow yourself to be at peace with all of those things? Well, I do think
1: like I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact that like if you're a woman with like a strong direct opinion, you're pretty much automatically labeled a bitch. And I think like if a man were to do and see that some of the things that I do and say they'd be like oh my god he's such a great leader you know yeah. and then i say and he's like they're like Fuck, fucking bitch you know what i mean yep. and so like i feel like that that's something that's on the table too i still think it comes back to that like whole like what can i live with mentality and i'm not always i think it's also accepting that like yeah, i'm not always going to be at peace that and that ties back to like learning to be comfortable and the uncomfortable it's like appreciating the peace when it comes and the gratitude that I needed to be better about showing gratitude, but like in those moments, being grateful and showing gratitude for having that inner peace. And then, but knowing that it's not permanent, you know, Mm -hmm. like nothing, this too shall pass is true with negative and positive things. And so I think that has also been pretty helpful for me as learning that like nothing is permanent. It's like, liberating but also scary at the same time i really think the only constant in life is change and so knowing that i think i can rest easy being like oh if i feel a certain way in this moment chances are i'm not going to feel like this tomorrow or next week or next month and i think that's what gives me peace is just like knowing that change is inevitable but again like i have a pretty like nihilistic view on the world like i think my favorite thing that i've ever heard I need to like write down who says what. I heard this great thing. And then I have no idea who says it and I can't credit them. Um, But it was nothing matters. So anything can. And as soon as I heard that, it doesn't resonate with everybody, but it resonated with me because ultimately we are fucking specks. We're on a floating piece of dust in an infinite universe. Nothing we do really matters. Like no one, you're not going to be remembered. I feel like a lot of people are like, I want my legacy to go on. Well, no one's going to remember you. But like nothing really matters, so you get to decide what matters in your day to day life. And I think that was really liberating when I heard that, being able to have the agency of being like, "Oh, I get to determine what I think matters and say, "Fuck it to the rest. Yeah, I think that that helps me feel at peace. It's just like determining what matters to me and like just following that if that makes sense.
0: Yes, totally. Oh, Rebecca, I can chat with you all day. Please tell the audience and everybody where we can find you see your work, the whole shebang. Oh my,
1: my Instagram, if you want to watch me watch my journey of trying to be good at Instagram, uh, my handles, it's underscore Rebecca Lee. That's pretty much where I am in all the places. It's underscore Rebecca Lee. And then my podcast is called How the Fuck Did You? Season one, all of that is still up. It was all about confidence how the fuck did you get so confident and this season is how the fuck did you bounce back and marley has been a guest on my show so if you haven't listened to it listen to it because it's a great fucking episode and then we talk about how do you lift yourself up and like be a phoenix and rise from the ashes of like shitty moments in your life so you can check that out it's like on all the podcast places apple and the uh, spotify and
0: and everywhere stunning well thank you so much for being here oh my god thank you Guys, thank you so much for listening. Huge thank you to Rebecca for coming on the podcast. I was also on her show, How the Fuck Did You? So make sure to check that out. Guys, if you are loving the show, there is nothing I would appreciate more than you sharing this episode or your favorite episode with a friend. Guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next Tuesday.